On November 8th, 2019, the official Minecraft YouTube channel released a video called Ask Mojang Number 4 to the Moon. When asked what biome they would choose to add to the game, senior game designer Jason Rice answered, The Moon. Low gravity, spacey monsters on it. Is this a hint at what might come in the future of Minecraft? What would we possibly find in a moon update? Let's find out in this episode of Dig Straight Down. What is going on, crafters? Welcome to another episode of Dig Straight Down with me, your host, Rebel JC. Guys, I don't know if you can tell or not. Um... But I got a new mic. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the audio quality is better because so far I've been recording this show on my phone. I spent a little bit of money to buy a mic. It had some good reviews on Amazon. Look, I'm not a mic guy. I don't, I'll, I'm, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, I guess. But as far as like the technicalities, what makes a good mic or what makes a bad mic, I don't know. I have no idea, but what I'm trying to do here is take some small steps towards making this podcast a little bit better, Um, and it's been kind of a journey, really, the past uh, few months as, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get this podcast to be as best as it can be with what I have to work with. Um, One of the things I had to do, I had to really work on honing in on what the show is about. Um, because when I first started off, I had that vague idea of, yeah, the show's going to be about what if Minecraft did this kind of thing. And now it's really become a podcast about uh, Minecraft features. So honing in on what the podcast was about was a very important step in the process. Working on consistency, trying to upload a podcast a week, and trying to make it at least 20 minutes long each episode. That's been something I've been working on recently, and I've been hitting that mark pretty consistently. It's still a process. I'm going to try to get ahead and record episodes more ahead of time rather than recording an episode and releasing it on the same day. I'm trying to get ahead and have, have a bank of episodes to pull from. I've been working on having a better episode format, dividing it into segments that are consistent and, you know, pretty well filled out. Um, what Something I've been really excited about is having more listener interaction uh, through email, Twitter, and Discord. Guys, you can connect with me on all of these things. Just look in the show notes for all the links to everything. Um, I have this new mic now. Hopefully that means the audio quality is better. In the future, I really want to look at making the video version of the podcast that I do upload on YouTube better because right now it is just the slate title of the episode uh, of the um, podcast on the video with the audio underneath it. I want to make it more engaging, a little bit more interesting to look at while you're listening to the to the episode. So that's something I'm going to be thinking about in the future. And if you have any ideas, let me know, please. Um, just get in contact with me. But the the one thing that I am really trying to do. I won't say trying to do, it's not a struggle, but something that I'm very mindful of is staying excited about Minecraft topics, because I'll tell you what, I cannot record an episode if I'm not excited about what I'm talking about. If I'm not excited about it, you can forget about having an episode at all. Um, 
it, it just won't happen. So staying excited. What this means is also practicing moderation and not just burning myself out on Minecraft. So not constantly listening to Minecraft stuff, not constantly playing the game or constantly watching people on YouTube play the game, but taking you know, introducing more interest into my life. I mean, I'm, I'm not just all about Minecraft here. I do a lot of different things. I write stories. I, I write other things. I, I, I have other creative pursuits that I have, but um, sometimes I can get so caught up in one that, one, I get burned out on it, and two, the other things that I do tend to suffer. So practicing that moderation has really helped me stay appropriately excited about Minecraft topics so that I can record this podcast. Those are just some ways I'm really trying to make this podcast better. If you have any tips um, or cr- uh, constructive criticisms or or anything like that, feel free to contact me. Feel free to send me an email, digstraightdowncast.gmail.com. As always, I would love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, with that being said, let's get into the next segment of this episode. And for this next segment, we have questions and comments from the community. Um, from Diamond Spy on Discord. Diamond Spy says, I think the totem of Undying is very good, but when it is used, it should turn into a smashed totem like Elytra do when they break. And then you could repair the item with gold ingots or emeralds. I personally think that this is a pretty good idea. Uh, I do think that... The Totem of Undying, if you get more than one use out of it, it might be a little bit overpowered because then you can just keep holding on to it. But maybe if it has, if it's a one-use item and then you can repair it later on, you don't really have to go out and create a raid farm or go, go out and find another woodland mansion to get this thing. I don't think that the Totem of Undying is just that great of loot to warrant a long journey to find a woodland mansion. Um... I don't know, but I do think that this idea of being able to repair it with gold ingots or emeralds and maybe a little bit of your own experience levels, um, it makes a lot of sense. I really like this idea, and I think that that would be a pretty cool addition to the game. Uh, We have an email sent by George, and he says, I really like your ideas on the Hogland Tusk drops by bargaining, and that's an idea I think I had a while ago, I, I can't remember how many episodes ago that was, but that was an idea that I had that Hogland tusks would drop. Um, and as a side note, I don't think that this will ever actually happen in the game because Mojang really has some pretty good sensitivities when it comes to environmental issues of the day and reflecting that in their game. And obviously, uh, hunting animals for their ivory and for their tusks and stuff has been kind of an issue in the past and even now today, and I'm, I'm sure they don't want to reflect that at all or give you an excuse to do that in the game. Just like there's really no reason to kill pandas and polar bears, um, they don't they don't want you to do things like that that would be bad things in real life. So I don't think this is going to happen. But anyway, he says, I really like your ideas on the Hogland Tusk drops by bargaining. And I guess he's saying by bargaining uh, from uh, piglins. He says, we the... Com- we, the Minecraft community, could incorporate this in leather armor, and it would be an awesome improvement to the leather helmet specifically. I agree. I think, <laughs> I mean, all of that environmental, um, cons- those concerns aside, 
pretending that those don't exist um, for a minute, that would be actually really cool to be able to sort of weave hoglin tusks into your leather armor, either as decorations or as reinforcement, maybe. Um, I don't know. That would be that would be really, really awesome. Maybe it could add a little bit of a thorns effect to your armor without you actually having to enchant it. Um, but now I'm just seeing like a leather helmet right now with like the the cartoony, you know, Viking horns coming out the sides, except they're hoglin tusks. That would be really cool to see. Maybe not as drops that you get either from killing a hoglin or by bartering, bartering with the piglins, but maybe as sort of a variant on leather armor that you can find in loot chests. I don't know. That would be pretty, pretty cool. So guys, yeah, if you have any questions or comments um, like these guys did, you can connect with me, at, as always, on Discord or in the email. Link to the Discords in the show notes, as well as the email, which is digstraightdowncast at gmail.com. And without further ado, let us get into the feature review. And this episode's feature review is The Evoker. Some interesting items from the wiki. The Evoker is a spellcasting illager found in woodland mansions and raids and is the only source of the Totem of Undying. If the player is within a 10-block radius and the Evoker is not in the middle of a summoning an attack, the Evoker flees from the player to avoid being attacked, which is... A good tip for some strategy, if, if the Evoker's not in the middle of summoning attack and you're within a 20-block radius, it could flee from you rather than try to attack you. That's something to keep in mind. Uh, the next item. The Evoker typically summons its fangs in a straight line towards the target, but if the target is close enough to the Evoker, the Evoker summons them in two circles around itself. Might be hand, handy to know if you're in multiplayer fighting an Evoker. One of them can be taking pot shots of the Evoker with a ranged attack while the other one gets in close to aggro that circle fang attack. Uh, summoning fangs resets the Evoker spell cooldown to 2 seconds and resets the cooldown for summoning fangs to 5 seconds. The Evoker can summon vexes as long as there are fewer than 8 vexes within 16 blocks centered on the Evoker. While the Evoker is not engaged in combat and game rule mob griefing is set to true, it changes the wool color of any blue sheep within 16 blocks to red. It signals the spell by producing orange particles and making a wallalo sound. <laughs> the sheep color conversion spell is a reference to priests in a video game called Age of Empires, which is an awesome game, played it many, many times, where they turn enemy units into friendly units by making that wallalo sound. It's pretty funny. Um... Last, the, this spell resets the Evoker spell cooldown to 3 seconds and resets the cooldown for the Sheep Color Conversion spell to 7 seconds. I don't know. Something that would be an interesting strategy would be to take a blue sheep with you and some blue dye into a Woodland Mansion or a raid to distract the Evoker. So you're constantly resetting the Evoker's cooldown because he's trying to turn the blue sheep into a red sheep. I don't know. That would be really interesting to see if anyone could get that to happen. Um, the only way I would change anything related to the Evoker at all would be giving the ability to the player to use the Evoker spells. 
Maybe that could happen by finding the evoker's robe or some sort of amulet that allows us to summon fangs and vex and turn blue sheep red as sort of a, as a funny Easter egg. Um, other than that, the evoker is a really, really great mob and makes for an awesome mini boss challenge in Minecraft. And I can't think of a one, I can't think of any way to improve the mob itself. So, that being said, the evoker gets an emerald ranking. Now, again, my ranking system is diamond, emerald, iron. No, I'm sorry, diamond, emerald, gold, iron, stone, wood, dirt granite and birch log because granite and birch log are the, the worst blocks in the game um, so it gets an emerald a 9 out of 10 rating some roast from discord obni has a roast for us he says evokers can't even fight by themselves they have to summon a bunch of annoying flies to fight their battles for them yep the evoker is a coward at heart so Let's dig into the main discussion of this episode. And the discussion for this episode is in reference to the developer comment that I referenced in the very beginning of this episode. Senior game designer Jason Rice talked about or briefly mentioned the possibility of adding the moon as a location that you can go to in Minecraft. His exact words were, the moon low gravity spacey monsters on it that sounds amazing the idea that you could have an entire if you want to call it a dimension if you want to call it a biome whatever you want to call it the idea that you could have this entire place that you could go to where gravity is different where you actually are affected by gravity in a different way and there's spacey monsters and obviously that sounds great no matter who you are spacey monsters <laughs> um so the question that i want to dig into in this discussion is what would this look like and right off the top of my ha head when i imagine going to the moon in minecraft and what it would look like just getting there and looking around i imagine this very white gray monochromatic world um maybe you as the player you have a permanent slow falling effect to simulate that low gravity and there are new moon themed mobs and there's a lot of possibilities a lot of opportunities for some really really cool additions to the game in this idea of being able to go to the moon and just having new things there but i think to truly get an idea of what this new world would look like we have to ask this question what do all dimensions and worlds in minecraft offer the player number one is probably the most obvious thing you have new blocks and goodness gracious so the overworld has all the blocks that we know and love very familiar with the nether completely different set of blocks completely different new color palette and everything and the end is even more different so the blocks really make the, the general impression of what that world will look like and so yeah so every dimension every world offers new blocks they offer they also offer new mobs the end dimension has the ender dragon and the shulkers as its its exclusive mobs the nether has goodness gracious it has so many it has the wither skeletons it has the blazes it has the striders it has the piglins it has the zombified piglins there's a ton of mobs that are only found in the nether so Every world and every dimension has its own unique set of mobs to offer. They also offer some sort of 
upgrade to a player's gear or items. For the nether, this would be netherite. It upgrades your diamond gear into netherite, and it's a pretty great upgrade. Uh, the end gives you an elytra and shulker boxes, so it upgrades your transportation and it upgrades your ability to carry tons of stuff. And also, each dimension offers some expansion to basic features. So, for instance, in the nether, there's an expansion to, you know, potion brewing and to redstone in the form of the quartz that you can get. So what are some areas of the game of Minecraft that could be enriched by a moon update? And I have a few here that I think could possibly have some more enrichment and more depth, even if they don't necessarily need it, because the first one on the list is redstone. And I know that redstone is probably one of the deepest, most complex systems in the game, that it doesn't really require any more added to it. But my argument is that every time the smallest little addition comes to redstone, the game just has a completely new breath of life to it. So when uh, honey blocks were introduced in the uh, Busy Bees update, redstone contraptions just took on a whole new life. And, and, and there was this new energy that was introduced into that community just based on the addition of one block and just because it acted like slime blocks but did not stick to slime blocks it would just added so much to the game that i think if you continued to add little things to redstone not even big things just little things it enriches the whole game as a result what the the next thing on the list that i think could be enriched by a moon update is an opportunity to delve into futuristic style building that goes beyond glass and concrete and I, I'm thinking this because it's the moon and I'm thinking you know like the 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 space race you know the space age type aesthetic that we think of when we think of the Apollo missions and all of that kind of thing when we think about space generally we think of science fiction and futuristic you know circuitry and and, and an aesthetic that isn't found anywhere in Minecraft as of now, but could be introduced and and as a end game thing that would just I think builders would just absolutely love to have a set of blocks that would allow them to build in truly futuristic sci-fi styles without relying solely on concrete and glass. I'll also think that there's a lot of room in magic use for the player that could be expanded on. Right now, the only thing that the player can do as far as magic goes is enchant your items and use potions. I, I, I think that because the player is inherently the most powerful thing in the game, and it is a sandbox, I think that we should be able to dip our hands into even more magic systems. So I think that there's an opportunity there that something could be added to allow us to do that. Also, when I think about the moon, I think about, you know, flying around and stuff, so maybe some sort of upgrade to your elytra. I mean, I think the most common request for an upgrade to the elytra is the ability to add it to a chest plate, and I would love to see that, but there might be some a few other things that would make the elytra a little bit more interesting or a little bit more useful. So what are some new things that could be found on the moon that could that could be used to do these things that could be used to enrich current features in Minecraft. Um, I think 
a couple episodes ago, maybe last episode, I can't really remember, I mentioned a random idea that I had to add silver into the game. Um, and the, in that idea, I said that silver would be, you would be able to upgrade your diamond gear to silver gear using the smithing table, and your silver gear would vary in strength and power depending on the moon cycle, so it would be the most powerful gear in the game during a full moon, but it would be probably about stone level power in a new moon, and that would kind of reflect how the moon cycles has an effect on mob spawns in the overworld so like i said a, a, a few episodes ago maybe the the moon in the full moon actually mob spawn stronger and more often in a full moon than they do in a new moon so there is a there's kind of a little behind the scenes peek at how the moon affects the the difficulty level in the game and i think having a silver gear which silver is often tied to the moon in mythology and stuff in folklore and using that to create gear that is tied to the moon and tied to the moon phases would just kind of reinforce that little bit of lore that's kind of currently going on in the background. But I also think silver could be used to expand in a redstone capability. So I had this idea of a redstone wire that is waterproof. So I think one of the things that is most annoying to a lot of people who delve into redstone is that you have to keep it waterproof. You have to make sure there's no water around it. Water can just wash over your contraption and just destroy all of your work that you've spent hours doing. But if you had silver and say you took one silver nugget or one silver ingot and you added it to a, uh, to a redstone dust, it would craft a single redstone wire. And if you had enough of those, you could wire your whole redstone um, machine uh, to be waterproof so that it could actually be underwater without having to be sealed off from the water. So that could be one way to introduce a small change into redstone that would really just revolutionize the whole thing. But it would also be kind of gated. It wouldn't be too overpowered because you would have to really work hard to get silver. I think silver would probably be as rare as ancient debris is in the nether so it wouldn't be something that you're just finding as common as coal i think this would be something that you have to put a lot of extra work into also kind of going off of the theme of folklore of the moon and mythology and the way people used to think about the moon um there was this time when people had the idea that the moon was made of cheese because it kind of looks kind of holy like swiss cheese and everything so what if we could find cheese blocks <laughs> um as a food source on the moon just sort of like as you're mining you just come across this yellowy pale swiss cheese looking block and it's i mean it's minecraft so it doesn't have to make sense but it just kind of plays off of that the moon is made of cheese myth. I don't know, it's kind of a silly idea, but I think it would be pretty funny. I think, too, some rideable mobs called rovers would be pretty cool. Rover, of course, being a reference to the old NASA lunar rovers that the astronauts would ride around on. Just kind of continuing off of that moon theme. Um, a new set of blocks specifically designed to look futuristic, and that could be things like... Um, spaceship parts that could be things like antenna that could be things like circuitry things that don't really have function but are just there to look futuristic so builders can eventually get to the moon in the end game and they're finally able to build things in a futuristic sci-fi way the last thing i think could be like a new addition for the moon 
um, would be a enchantment called Reaper, and you would put this on your axe or your sword um, to get souls from killing mobs. Um, and that kind of leads me into something that I think would be really cool to add into Minecraft from Minecraft Dungeons is the souls system, the souls magic system. From the wiki, souls are a consumable resource in Minecraft Dungeons. They are obtained by killing mobs and can be used as a power source for artifacts that require them. So this is a, this is basically sort of like um, mana in some sort some role playing games. Um, it's this idea that it's like a, a magical energy that you use to use magical artifacts and maybe to cast spells and stuff. I think this could open up a whole new magic system that the player has access to, uh, such as casting spells or using certain rare magical relics that you find throughout the world. There's going to be more on adding souls in a future episode. I'm going to do a whole episode on adding souls for Minecraft and what that would, Minecraft dungeons rather, and what that would look like. So stay tuned for that. But anyway, I do think it would be a really cool addition to the game. Um, another thing that I think would I would love to see added, and it plays into the futuristic sci-fi spacey vibe of the moon. I think it would be really cool to add agents from the Minecraft Education Edition. If you don't know what that is, here's what the wiki says about the agent. The agent is a mob that helps players learn coding by getting players to code the actions on it. The agent can be programmed to execute a lot of tasks like planting and harvesting, mining, chopping trees, and building. Now, I think if we added the agent for Minecraft Education Edition into Java Edition or Bedrock Edition, it would not be able to mine stuff and build stuff and plant, harvest, or craft anything for you. I think those are things that you should do as a player and that Mojang really wants you to do as a player. They're not going to automate these things for you. But I think that the player would create it by placing a silver block on top of another one and putting a redstone torch on top of that, spawning it in like a golem. Um, it would have an interface with simplified commands so you wouldn't have to know coding or learn coding to use it. It would just have simple commands like go this direction for this amount of blocks and interact with this thing. Um, it would have an autonomous setting that would allow it to roam just like any other mob and the player could program it to interact with buttons, levers, note blocks, and anything that the player could interact with by right-clicking. It could also be programmed to patrol an area and target specific mobs to attack with a laser beam, so it has sort of a security um, function as well. I think the agent would have to be weak to keep it from being overpowered and easily kill killed by any mob, like including, you know, baby zombies. And it would drop a redstone dust and a silver nugget if it was killed. So I think that this would be an amazing way to expand on redstone. For one thing, I think it would revolutionize a lot of redstone things by automating the pressing of buttons and the interacting of levers and note blocks and all those kinds of things could be just automated. But also it would just be really cool to find basically this little robot thing from the moon that you could build or you could you could program it to do certain things or you could just have it roaming around your base just to add a little bit of extra life to it i think that the agents would be a really cool addition to the core minecraft game um, there are certainly many ways that lore could be expanded uh with a moon update i think phantoms would find a really good home on the moon because if you think about it phantoms only come at night if you haven't slept 
So there's an association there with sleeping and dreams and the moon and, and nighttime. I think it would make a lot of sense if the home of the phantoms was the moon. Same goes for the fangs and vexes that are summoned by evokers. I've always kind of wondered, like, okay, so where did the vex come from? Is there some other sort of dimension or spiritual plane where they come from? Same thing for the fangs. Like, the fangs seem to me to be some sort of either their plant life or they're some sort of strange alien life. Well, maybe the fangs and the vex actually come from the moon, and if you go to the moon, you'll run into them. So I think that adding on to that lore of the evokers, that the evokers are actually summing them in from the moon rather than just out of thin air. I think that would really do a lot to expand on that lore. I think, obviously, structures would be found on the moon, like crashed flying ships, maybe like they're a prototype of what we eventually find in the end dimension, and abandoned moon bases to hint at like that ancient past of the those that civilization that built the the ocean monuments and the desert temples and all these things. Maybe they went to the moon and built things on the moon as well. I just think that there's so many things that could be added to the game through a moon update. And it really made me excited to see Jason Rice um, from Mojang actually say he wants to add the moon, that it's on his mind to do that. That makes me really excited. And honestly, I bet that we will see this happen within, I would say, the next five years. I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe they'll find something else to expand on in a future update, but I just feel like the moon is just kind of sitting there, and obviously we know you can go to moons, moons are actual places, they're not just little lights in the sky, so it should be the same in Minecraft, that the Minecraft moon is an actual place that you can go to. It would just be a really cool opportunity to introduce new things to the game as well as expand on things that already exist in the game, just like every good update has done so far. And that brings us to the end of this episode. So guys, if you have any questions or comments, please email me at digstraightdowncast at gmail.com or you can join the Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. You can also connect with me on Twitter at rebeljc underscore 92. And as always, until the next episode, keep digging straight down.